Okay, you action-loving sports maniacs, look, we all like having something-something on the games. Hell, it's what keeps us from going to bed or watching Top Chef. But when you are putting your money out there on these rough gambling streets, the number one thing you need to know is simply this. A, when will I get my money without a hassle? And B, is this online sports book going to be a dirt patch in a cloud of dust next week? Well, with the official sweet action site of the ZabeCast, my bookie is that place. I've been doing business with them for over five years. They've got great odds, don't gouge on the VIG, have all kinds of props and futures, and best of all, in the rare case there's ever a customer service issue, guess who your customer service rep is? That's right. Me, El Baldo. So get in there, open an account, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, so they know that I sent you. And bet with your head no over it. And you'll never look back. You'll never be tempted to try these other big clown books that are spending a trillion dollars on fancy ad campaigns. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.com. You got a bookie? Yes, you do. And you don't have to meet him in a seedy Italian restaurant to settle up. You've heard me talk about Tacovas, the company carrying on all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. Well, longtime listener Jeremy emailed me to say, Zabe, I was on a work trip to Austin, knew about Tacovas from the podcast, stopped into the store. Next thing you know, I've got a damn good pair of boots and I'm looking sharp with a nice buzz to boot. Giddy up. Tacovas believes in Western for all. And you can feel that when you stop in one of their stores and get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. If you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 at Tacovas.com. Just use promo code ZABE. That's promo code Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo at checkout. It's a $30 value and they sell out fast. Only at Tacovas.com. Today on the ZabeCast, a double shot of guests on a Monday. First, John Rodos of the Capital Golf Gang to help break down the 151st Open Championship and to celebrate the champion golfer of the year, Brian Harmon. Then Andy Poland to talk about the NFL ramping up and why running backs need a lesson he learned in media a long time ago. Know your role and shut your mouth. All that and more is ready to go. Hot out of the gates on a Monday, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Monday, July 24, 2023. Thank you so much for downloading and a lot of thank yous all around uh, to everyone who helped make my longish weekend here in Wisconsin a true golf weekend in Wisconsin. First of all, big Mikey O'Neill, the fearless chalk leader, setting up a four-day junket of great places to play all around southeast Wisconsin, concluding with the mighty... Aaron Hills on Sunday. Thank you to Eric Getter, who helps set that up. Jim Lombardo, the uh, head professional there at Aaron Hills, uh, for getting us out there and getting us on. It was truly a treat. Uh, to Danny B. and Brian Theat for getting us on their wonderful country club, Ozaki Country Club. Um, 
in Milwaukee. It's absolutely one of the most underrated gems you will ever find. A beautiful, pristine parkland course with lightning-fast greens and just, just a great overall vibe. And we were supposed to play the bowl at, in Sheboygan Falls, the only Jack Nicholas signature course in the area, on Saturday for the 12th running of the Bloody Horns. And then the weather screwed us. Oh, did the weather screw us. It was going to be this great cotton candy summer day in Wisconsin. Chance of showers, maybe, but ah, they'll, they'll blow through, right? We got hammered, we, they did, up in Sheboygan with an inch and a half of rain in 30 minutes at about 12.30. We were due to go off at 1.30. And then we got hammered again at 3.30, so we really never got off the ground. I've set a rescheduled date of Sunday, July 27th at 8 a.m. I know, Sunday at 8 a.m.? What are you, crazy? Well, look, that was the only date we could hustle together. And number two, I want to get out of the thunderstorm business if I'm going to keep doing this tournament, which I do want to do. Uh, we can't be doing it in the late afternoon because we're just running into we're, You're rolling the dice every time, basically. Rolling the dice every time. But my good friend Bob Miller from Northern Virginia, who has been with me for as a golfer, For 23 years now, he was one of the first guys to respond listening to me on the radio to my proposal of, let's do a Ryder Cup, Maryland versus Virginia. Um, You're just going to have to pay money to be part of it, but we we just need guys. One of the first guys to jump in, and just one of the most easygoing, great dudes ever. He's got a great family, uh, plays a ton of golf now, he's (laughs) semi-retired, Bob is getting to the point where he's saying exactly what he thinks without giving, with giving zero fucks about other people's feelings, you know, which is both wonderful and also kind of annoying when he's, you know, with you for almost four days on a golf junket. But I showed him around. I showed him Wisconsin. See, I felt like I was the tour guide this time and I was goading him. We got to go here. We got to go there. We got to do this. I got to show you that. Blah, 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 blah. The only thing I didn't get him to was the Waukesha County Fair. County fairs in America, and they're not just unique to Wisconsin, although there's a ton of them here, are such that you have to experience them to fully appreciate. They're sometimes gritty, but otherwise good people nature of a county fair. Cheap entertainment on a Friday or a Saturday night. And in this case, a ticket in on a Saturday night got you to see both Winger and Warrant. Back-to-back on the main stage out in the field in the Waukesha County Fairgrounds. Now, I was not a huge Warrant fan, but I do know their two most famous songs, Heaven. Heaven Isn't Too Far Away, and then Cherry Pie. And I know that a couple of the members, the original members of the band Warrant, one has passed away, another one's, I don't know if he's still with the band or not. There are actual genuine pieces of the band. They sounded great. But we're there drinking a beer, and Bob didn't come because he was being old man. He's like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. All right, fine. So me and Kevin W, K-Dub, and uh, Capital I went out there, and we were drinking beers and waiting and waiting and, like, playing all their songs. I'm like, okay, all right, let's get to heaven. Heaven isn't too far away, or let's get to Cherry Pie. Come on now. Sure enough, they got to it, and I'm like, all right. I feel like I ticked the box off. I feel like I'm having myself a damn summer if you know what I mean. 
And I had some funnel cake. That's all I need for the summer. It's terrible for you. It's disgusting. It's fried dough, full of sugar, full of carbohydrates. I'm going to get religion starting this morning. This morning? I record this tonight. All right, without any further blabbering by me, let's get out of the way. Let's start by bringing in John Ronas of the Capital Golf Gang to talk about the 151st Open Championship. All right, I had to get in some fresh react of the 151st Open Championship. You may know it as the British Open, and they crown the winner each year with the title of the Champion Golfer of the Year, and the winner this year is a guy who most casual golf fans have never heard of, but boy, can he play. Brian Harmon, a short little lefty out of Georgia, absolutely closed the deal at Hoylake. And for more on this, from the Capital Golf Gang, my buddy John Ronis joins us now by phone from Florida. A little getaway in the middle of summer to Florida. I hear Florida is lovely this time of year, Johnny. <laughs> I got one whole hole in today, Zay, before the horn went off. Oh, no. The old yes. thunderstorm horn. Yeah. Where, because what there's part thunderstorms of... every two hours. Exactly. What part, of, what part of Florida? New Smyrna Beach. Where that? That would be the shark bite capital of the world. <laughs> Do they have signs for that? You no, no. You look it up. You just write. You type in "shark by capital of the world" and New Smyrna Beach comes up. Okay, did it's you, the East Coast, just below Daytona. Okay, did you go in the water yet? I will not. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I will. Not. <laughs> you know, I, I got into this discussion before we get into the open with somebody about being afraid of sharks, and I said I'm not afraid of sharks, and they looked at me like I had three heads. They said, w- w- "What are you crazy?" And I go, "Well." I'm not saying if I was in a tank with a shark, I wouldn't be completely shitting my pants or my swimsuit, but I'm not afraid of being bitten by a shark while swimming in the ocean. Does that qualify, Mr. Ronis? I need a ruling on this. Does that qualify of not being afraid of sharks? Oh, totally. 100%. I'm in the, I'm in the not above my knees rule. I'm petrified. Well, you know, you could still get bit. Even if you're just up to your knees, although yes, you'd like to think you could see it coming and do some sort of evasive maneuver. I would like to bet that the whole leg won't come off from that bite, but you know, <laughs> again, we can dream. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's talk about the Open Championship. It was quite hard for me today. I'm up here in Wisconsin, and I was uh, playing golf at the incredible Aaron Hills. Shout mm-hmm. out to Jim Lombardo, who is the uh, director of golf there, your mate. And he uh, got our group on, which is not an easy feat. The place books up for the whole season pretty much right away in sure. the winter and the spring. And uh, and it just continues to be a course that I love. But it's hard to pry yourself away from watching the Open on a Sunday morning because it's so glorious to watch golf in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, I mean, it wasn't. it was hard to watch it this morning. Well, with the rain, really difficult. <laughs> half the camera angles were unusable. It was very, very difficult. It was, in, in fact, it was tedious. And then the fact that there was, you know, virtually no drama. There was a little bit of drama for like, you know, 20 minutes. But there was virtually no drama. And it was, it was very difficult. I'm down in Florida. I'm at my mother-in-law's. She doesn't have a 70-inch TV. So I'm sitting watching on whatever this TV is that she has. And I'm like, man, this is hard. 
Yeah, that's right. If you don't have your own high definition that you're used to, it gets yeah. to be quite a chore. So they were trying, as I watched a good chunk in the morning before leaving, and I listened to the outstanding live from the open coverage on the BBC radio with all of their quirky personalities. I love them so yep. much. Yep. Um, and they were trying to give it that excitement. As John Rahm is making a move, as Rory has a chance to, you know, and the whole time I thought, I don't know, man. Sky Harmon has got a killer-ass short game. And he, yeah. at one point in the tournament, was 44 for 44 on putts inside of 10 feet. Not inside of 5 feet, 10 feet. Yeah, I. he just played, he played a flawless tournament. I mean, you know, a five-stroke victory. Um, I think he was under par every single day. And, you know, that last day was not good. And, in fact, uh, on, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, I believe Saturday started out kind of poorly and was able to come back. And today he made a few bogeys in a row or two bogeys in a row and um, was able to come back. Uh, this guy just, he was better than everyone else this week. And, again, you know, those those open championships, I've actually – really turn the corner on really enjoying them. Um, but this one I didn't enjoy that much. Really? I don't know if it was a golf course. You know, there were some expectations that there would be carnage on 17. There wasn't. I'm not a huge fan of um, out of bounds, uh, interior out of bounds on a golf course. That came into play um, on 18. Um, and then some big numbers with some bunker situations. Right. It just turned me off a little bit this year. Yeah, I, there are some things that I I cannot get with uh, the, the the bunker on sixteen or on seventeen, where I believe Matt Fitzpatrick had a six on Friday or Saturday. I want to say where he was yeah. splashing it around because he was in this very uneven, sort of sandy like beach like area, unkempt, right? Yeah, yeah. To me, yeah. that's not that 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 doesn't fit the concept of the spirit of the game. You should have at least a semi-decent chance to play at it, not be on a beach with footprints all over the place because, well, then you're going to take a six. So there was that, and then the fact that they flattened the bottom of the bunkers so guys were getting pinned up against the wall, that to me is also antithetical to the concept of the game. I totally agree. And then on a couple of them, like what uh, 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 JT had on, I believe it was, Thursday yeah and he couldn't even hit sideways out of the bunker like when you can't even hit sideways out of a bunker we got a problem right right so, um, the the rain you know what happened so it was raining which made it obviously hard on the caddies they had to earn their keep yeah. but and and the players had to adjust but because there was no wind it was kind of a walk in the park for these guys even though yes. they were wet without the wind it was plink 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 point to point to point aren't i good and nobody's gonna make a charge nobody's gonna fall apart yeah and it turned into a putting contest and Harmon was by far the best putter out there and you know that again that's a little bit of a shame you know to just turn into that and um he was so much better than everyone else that, that there's there's really no competition and Good for him. I mean, he's a great player. This isn't some Cinderella story. Right. He is, you know, I think he's been, had more top tens than anyone else in the past few years. Um, but, you know, he's up there in age, and he's not the most exciting guy in the world. And his physical stature is is a little bit smaller, so he has to uh, 
you know, nip and bite a little bit more than the rest of the guys. So, um, but, but he's, he's a certifiable PGA star. It's just that he doesn't push the needle too much. There is definitely short bias in the world. No question about it. And when it comes to athletics and athletes, you know, you look at a guy like that and think, how can this little shrimpy lefty be out there beating the rest of these other players out there, some of whom are much bigger than him, uh, much heavier than him? He's listed at 5'7", 155. I think Azinger even said, yeah, 5'7", even that's a stretch. <laughs> and yeah. I, was, I was at the same time, I'm like, A, that's a little bit wrong, Zinger, but B, that's why I love you. <laughs> right. Laugh. I stood next to, I told you, because he was doing an interview with uh, uh, the guy from the Golf Channel. They're they're getting off the record pretty intense about the live stuff. Oh, that's right. right. You in said in L.A. You said in L.A. you stood next to him. Yeah, right next to him. And he is tiny. Rory <laughs> is tiny. Right. And, um, TV and makes guys bit- like Rory look big. Like when I saw Kepka at the Masters live in the wild, I said, okay, he's in great shape for a golfer, right? but I, I don't think I'm looking at a linebacker right now. Correct. And same with DeChambeau. He's not that huge of a person. He's not even big at all. And, um, and, but Harmon is, is short. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> yeah. He's not as little. Like, Rory's kind of slight. Like, he's kind of little. Um, Harmon's a little bit more, I hate to say it, a little more gawky, a little bit more frumpy. Then, um, <laughs> he's not then, he's not Elvin in his appearance as is uh, Paul Casey because I would always call Paul Casey the angry little elf and I thought that was yeah. mean but that's best way to describe him. I look at Harmon and I say to myself, you know what? Good for him, but better yet, it's great for the game because there's a lot of little kids out there, short kids who grow up and don't get the height that want to have somebody to go, well, he's doing it. Why can't I? I think it's great for the game that a short guy can go out there and win a big tournament. Yeah, and again, it's not like he's you know very, very short as far as a human being goes. It's just in an athletic world, we look at 5'6", five, 5'7", five, as something that, that can't compete. And you're absolutely right. You know, he, he puts everything together and obviously works hard, but... The, 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 that's a great thing about golf is it's so multifaceted yes. about, you know, having to hit a driver, but hit a, hit a wedge from a, a weird lie or whatever. Right. And like all this stuff that doesn't require physical prowess. So yes, definitely good for him. And yes, definitely good for the game, but the guy earned it. I mean, he definitely earned it. He was just way better than everyone else this week. Yeah. Uh, everyone likes to say when a guy wins his first major, uh, the announcers always want to say, well, we're going to be hearing a lot about now that he's got his first one, we're going to be hearing a lot more about this young man for the years to come. I don't know how true that is because he is 36 and he's good, but he's in a sea of guys who are also really, really good. What is the long-term upside of Brian Harmon now that he's won his first major? He'll be excellent on the senior tour. <laughs> on the senior tour. On the senior tour, yeah. He's start, you're declaring his yeah. regular tour uh, career over after this? No, he's reached no, the pinnacle? He'll, he'll, get, uh, he'll be lucky to get one more win. He will not get another major because the winning majors after 40 years old is very, very difficult. Sure. He doesn't match up well for the other majors just simply because the combination of the length and, you know, occasionally you're going to hit it in the rough, the strength required on the other huge courses. Now 
it just doesn't set up as well for him. Might he win one? I hope he does for him. Yeah. I hope he does. But it, they don't set up well for him. Augusta certainly doesn't set up well for him. And, um, and you know, U.S. Open. But the Open Championship sets up for a lot of people. And um, and so maybe he'll win one of those. But he's not going to win another major. And he'll win a couple more times on tour. And he'll have a stellar PJ Tour career. And um, he'll have a Ryder Cup appearance coming up here. And he'll do very well in the senior tour. He'll be one of those Chris DeMarco and um, guys that you'll talk about for years. Remember that guy, Brian Harmon, that time he won that tournament, the uh, British yeah. Open, when it was raining the whole time? I remember that. That yeah. was good. By the way, Harmon yeah. has five career wins as a pro, mm-hmm. only three of those on the PGA Tour. Yeah, so, I mean, the odds are that he's not going to win a whole lot more after this, but he's had a fantastic PGA Tour career, and he he put a good amount of food on the plate for his family. Yeah. So good for him. Uh, when it comes to lefties, you know, you teach junior golfers. You've written a book yep. called uh, yep. How to uh, How to Oh God, I'm raising get, a junior golfer. Raising a junior golfer. Yep. Junior golf comes to you, and he's hitting from the wrong side of the plate. What mm-hmm. do you What do you do? Do you get him fit for lefty clubs, or do you try to flip him at your earliest chance? Now, I mean, you tell him and the parents the most important thing now going forward is that you're going to have to have proper clubs because you can't get the hand-me-downs and you can't, um, you know, your father probably doesn't play left-handed. So you're going to have to buy your set of clubs when you're supposed to buy them. And um, that's something that you will be not cursed with, but you'll have to do that uh, accordingly every single step of the way as opposed to, you know, I'm in between. I'll just use my dad's driver for a while, or I use my brother's <laughs> right. or something like that. So that's the first thing. I never switch them around because there's no, you know, it's not like in the old days making clubs or finding clubs was almost impossible. You can find them. You just got to pay for them. But yeah. that's that's what they have to know. What's funny is that I think about this, and you're right. It's uh, it's a case of he's going to have to be intentional about every club he buys and puts in the bag. Yeah. We are very impulsive as golfers to go, hey, let me hit your uh, hybrid. I like this. I'm going to go get one of these. Yeah, right. So he's not going to get that, which actually could be quite the blessing because I think mm-hmm. a lot of us are cursed with this constant, hey, maybe this club is better. Let me try it. Yeah, and but, you know, like as the kids go along, I try to push them into, um, unless you're studs, into pre-owned stuff for a little while until, you know, they grow to where they can start to handle some stuff. But you know, lefty pre-owned is, is virtually impossible. It's getting way better, but it's it's very difficult. Yeah. So um, All right. that's the way it is. Uh, any other thoughts on the Open Championship in general and how guys performed? I said this to one of the fellows today playing golf. I said, you know, unless I'm mistaken, I feel like this was the least live talked about major yet. Yeah, because everyone's confused. <laughs> no, no one really knows even how to respond to a question right now. You almost can't be for or against because you don't know if they're your friends or they're going to be paying for your next meal or what it is. So these guys, they have no idea what to say. Well, and, and it I, might be good. No, I think it's good. And I also think that um, there wasn't really a lot of live guys near the top of the leaderboard. So you couldn't have the live bots on social media start ch- thumping their chest and talking about how great the tour is and whatnot. Yeah. And like you said, we're in this kind of state of limbo where all they've done is stop suing each other. 
yeah. but they're nowhere close to an actual merger. Yeah, I mean the live tour still stinks. It's it's. Just, I know it does. It's not going to prepare any of these guys for major championships. Kept could just happen to be a you know a crazy stud, but you right. know it's just it's just the way it is. But again, the one thing that I ask you, you'll know way better than I. Is there more like is August or September? I guess you can't go September, but is August? Is there a dry season over in Europe that we could get? the real baked out dry conditions because these conditions don't cut it for me. Well, it was baked out in uh, 14 when Tiger. Yeah, I know. And that was, <laughs> it rains in yeah. the UK sometimes a I lot. <laughs> I like the baked out the, the game that's played. There. It's like a very interesting game. Oh, there's no doubt. Proper British Lynx golf. Yeah. Scottish Lynx golf, Irish, any Lynx golf over there is bounce yeah. and run. It's ground game. It's trying to navigate your way. I'm going to land it here, let it run up. I'm going to play it along the ground. And when it's this wet, you're you're going point to point. And the greens yeah. are so slow. And without the wind, you know, they don't, there's no peril. I mean, they can't get right. the greens going very fast because of the fact that if it's windy at all, they become unpottable. Yeah. So without the wind, they're just, yeah. they're just yeah. very gentle muni courses rolling about 10. And these yeah. guys eat that up. Yeah, I guess there's I guess there's no dry season in Europe, but shoot, I mean I I don't know I it's just variable. love that that game. It's not that there's a dry season; it just varies from year to year. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, you asked me how That's Aaron it. Hills was before we went yeah. on the air because I told you I was just coming back. Yeah, I want to hear about it. It's incredible. Uh, in fact, a number yeah. of the fellows uh, in the Wisco Golf Mafia who are going to listen to this podcast on Monday morning as they head to the airport and head out to work specifically said. I'd love to have Ronas come and play on one of these one day. Oh, I'm in. I'm not lying. Oh, I'm in. I would love to play with those guys. I think you'd love seeing the course. Aaron Hills continues to make me fall in love with it every time I play it. And it's... uh, Was your first impression the same way? No, but huge caveat. The original owner, who pretty much went bankrupt, Mm -hmm. uh, didn't play golf, the original owner. Uh, Bob Lang is his name, but had this vision on this incredible piece of property in the Kettle Moraine area of Wisconsin. He said, this should be a golf course. And it's like, bro, do you even play golf? He's like, no, but I can wow. see it. So he goes and he builds it. It's audacious in its size and its scope. It's beautiful. It's stunning. It's unique. But it had a lot of things wrong with it. A lot of the holes needed tweaking and fixing. And... He uh, didn't have the business savvy to see it through to become the moneymaker that it now is. And also, more importantly, navigating the world of getting an open there. You know, had, had the open there in 2017 that Kepka won his first major. Yeah. And he went deep. I think he won it like uh, 18, been, yeah, 19 under. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, without wind, which they normally get, the course can be a bit defenseless. And it got just a little bit wet, and so they tore it apart. But the changes they made to it, and they just had the Wisconsin State Amateur there. They had the mid-amateur there last year. They're going to have the women's open there to come. Wow. It's a, it's a great course. It's It's yeah. wild. It's unique. It's unlike anything you'll ever play because it's – I wouldn't say it's farmland golf. It's too up and down. It's got too much grandeur to the scale and scope of it. But it's in the middle of just the good old heartland. 
and you get smothered in silence out there. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> I love that more than anything. I, really I mean, do. literally smothered in it. It's eerie and it's amazing. Uh, well, you tell those guys, or hopefully they'll be listening, but you tell those guys, I'll play a municipal golf course with those guys. I mean, that's a. Well, you don't know all the guys. Those yet. are the people. Those uh, are the people. Uh, I, there's I, a few I, of the I, guys I, that you probably would right. like to opt out of, but I mean, I'm just that's kidding. They're, right. they're all good guys. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're, we all have our shortcomings personality wise. That's exactly right. Yes. And I, uh, I managed yeah. to somehow not even slam a club in anger when I took a good seven on a par three. Yeah, back. that's tough. That's tough. You know, how, you know, you know, once, you know once I took this past five or six. It's no reason to even worry about slamming a club. Well, you know, how, you know, how I took a seven. It got it was, out of hand in a hurry. It just got away from me quickly. It was like, yeah, the pin was in a weird spot near a swale. I short sided myself in a bunker, tried to get cute, left it in the bunker. Next shot, I couldn't get it up the swale. It rolled back down to the bottom. Then I hit a very poor lag putt up to the top because I was afraid of zooming it past. That was no good. Uh, my should have been garden variety putt for bogey went too far by. Now I've got a knee knocker for double and I missed it. No, I had a quid. I know I had a quid. I had a quadruple. I don't know. Yeah, there's another stroke in there somewhere. No, no, no. Seven on a three is a quad. Yeah, quad. There was another stroke in there yeah. somewhere. I I don't know, but uh, yeah. Credit to me. I did not slam a club. Break in. It's very good. It's very and good. And I I I I put a little bit of a tourniquet on it going bogey bogey par bogey bogey in which i mean after a seven on a par three that's not i mean I'm, look i'm not gonna write home to mom about it but i'll tell yeah, you this i was gonna say there wasn't a lot of blood left in your body after that. <laughs> yeah, well, right. <laughs> the Listen, tourniquet I, was not right. good hey i played <laughs> representative <laughs> golf for a weekend amateur after that very good so the majors are over damn it all we have left is your favorite thing, the FedEx Cup playoffs, John. I know how yeah. much you love the FedEx Yeah, I love Cup it. Let's tune in every week. <laughs> and then we're heading towards Rome, and Rome is going to be spicy because yeah. everyone assumed the Americans will be so loaded and they're just going to kill them and run away with it. We don't know. It's a new country, new course, new country. Who dis? You got guys like Sepp Straka from Austria – yeah. Who is going to be a guy on the European team, first time ever in Aus- Austrians on the Ryder Cup team. I think it's going to be damn fun. I think it's going to be really tight. Yes. I really do. Yes. And I think, I think uh, you know, I don't think we've, we haven't seen this golf course before, right? Uh, no, I don't even know what the yeah. course is. It's so Italy. It's <laughs> Italy. What's well, Italy known for? It. Uh, olive oil. Designer clothes, wine, and fast cars. Yeah, not so golf. Looking, oh, and I am I, looking forward to this. Yeah, and 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 then the uh, the the meatball brothers, as I call them, uh, uh, Molinari's, 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 and and, and Constantino <laughs> Rocca. There you go. That's the that's the sum total list of Italian golfers that I know. After that, I'm out. Oh wait, Guido Maglosi. Guido Maglosi yeah. is another guy. So there you yeah, go. He might be guy. on the European team as well. So. Jeez. All right, buddy. Good to talk to you. Uh, Capital Golf all Gang right. this week will be a, a cracker, Jack. Are you in Florida on Wednesday? I'm in Florida all week, so if okay. I don't get bit by a, a shark, we can call in. But, yeah, I'm down here all week. New Smyrna Beach, shark bite capital of the world. Yep. World people. Come join us. Come join yeah, us. All right. Yeah. Very good. All right, Mr. Ronis, we'll see you. Thanks. All right. Safe travels, man. All right. Take care. All right, man. See you. 
If 2024 is the year you're jetting off to a new country, or even just want to expand your language skills beyond English, then I urge you to check out Rosetta Stone today. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years. Why? Because it works. Instead of drilling vocabulary words, with Rosetta Stone you learn by matching audio, from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, participating in dialogues, and other practical language skills that fast-track your ability to communicate fluently. Not only is it a more effective way to learn, it's more fun. Rosetta Stone's advanced voice recognition technology gives you feedback on how well you pronounce words. Other language learning apps use speech recognition to detect what you said. Rosetta Stone tells you how well you said it. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages with lessons available on your computer, phone, or tablet. And with a lifetime membership, you get forever access to all the lessons for all the languages and never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, ZabeCast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know that MyBookie.com has more than just sports gambling? Oh yeah, they've got an online casino that is amazingly fun to play and can be quite profitable. Want to sharpen some skills for a trip to Vegas or maybe another casino? You want to practice card counting, bet variants, or some exotic strategy you saw on TikTok? MyBookie.com. And of course, there's always the sports. Not just football, which we're all salivating about, but baseball, golf, tennis, boxing, MMA, and a bunch of stuff that you'll say, wait, I can bet something on that? Yes, you can. Get an account at MyBookie.com. Enter promo code ZABE so they know that I sent you. And splash around and have some fun in life, especially after you get that reimbursement check from your sales meeting in Grand Forks, South Dakota. MyBookie.com, the one, the only, the official sports book of the ZABEcast. Hail to the commanders. Hail victory. Fight for our commanders. Fight for old DC. Run or pass or score. We I don't know, Andy. Doesn't quite Just hit the same. The but at least Dan Snyder is gone, on, huh? Fight on oh, God. You have won all the <laughs> Come on, are you not feeling this song? 
Hail no, to I'm the not. Commanders. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> if this is now official Fight because I did a quick Google search and I looked on YouTube and there was no official team version of Hail to the Commanders. It was only a guy on YouTube who got one of the early demos. That little riff was an early demo, which may or may not have made the final cut. Do you know? I don't know. Uh, I, I've been to a game since they changed the name. I don't remember, though, when they played the song and the lyrics and so forth. And if they never play it again, it's okay with me. <laughs> <laughs> and why do you hate it so much? Tell me because all the it, ways. It doesn't work. It has too many syllables. <laughs> And no, they jam them in there. I know. Yeah, I know. It's just like every other schlocky thing that they've done, including, you know, the Sean Taylor retirement in front of a porta potty. Sure. The uh, Dick Sporting Goods statue that they put up of him with, uh, you know, (laughs) the wrong cleats and the wrong logo. It wasn't even a statue, it was a mannequin. The Dick Sporting Goods is the best analogy I've ever heard. Oh God! It, I've heard that before. It's it, it, you know th- th- this thing has been a complete mess. It's a complete teardown, but and it's everything I've heard over, yeah, everything I've heard from the new ownership uh, indicates to me that they understand it. They understand it's going to take some time. They're going to do it right. And uh, speaking of right, I think uh, Mr. Wright's days are numbered, but uh, uh, that's that's another story. All right, so I'm here in Milwaukee, and uh, I watched the proceedings last week from afar. It was almost like an out-of-body experience. So many of us that fought front lines in the Snyder Wars were not part of the big pep rally to sort of, you know, put a final nail in the coffin. How did you feel about that? Well, I, I was impressed with what they did. Uh, I, I like that. And, and some of the people we worked with uh, were involved, like Brian Mitchell. Brian Mitchell Walker. was one. Doc Walker yeah. was another. That Kevin was it. Sheehan. Kevin Sheehan was there. Oh, he you was. Know, they, yeah. They, they, it's the two stations combined. It's now, you know, they own both of them. And, uh, you know, yeah, I would have liked to have been a part of it. I'd like to have been invited. But I work for another station now. And, uh, you know, time moves on. It's the way it is. So it's a very Andy Pollan way of looking at it. Very, yeah. you know, even even keeled and, and non-nostalgic in any sort of way, which is fine. It just, it, 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 the, now that I thought about it for the weekend, that just feels wrong. Yeah. Not that well, they not that they were going to invite us back and go, hey, guys who don't work for the station anymore. But the mm-hmm. thing is, we're not 90. We're not out of media. We're not out of market, although I'm technically out of market right now. <laughs> but the bottom line is we're still around. We're vibrant. Yeah. We would have had things to say. We would have added spice to the proceedings. We would have brought up stuff from the past. It would have been, would have been something, man. Well, it was open to the public. I could have shown up if I wanted to, but uh, I chose not to. And it's okay because I think they did it right from, from everything I've observed. Uh, and I like Chris Kynard. I've worked for him uh, for a couple of years, freelance. Sure. And I think he did a pretty good job putting everything together. I really yeah. do. So now begins the whole process of, all right, what does he do first, the new owner? Uh, well, the first thing is he sits down with the front office that's there, Jason Wright, and say, okay, 
I want to know why X, Y, and Z happened under your watch because it was a disgrace watching it from the outside. Now, if you want to pin that on Dan Snyder, I'd like to hear why. And going forward, we're going to do things first class, not the way you did it. Uh, and then the other thing is, you know, I think this is a more of immediate concern is, okay, Ron Rivera, what's your plan? And tell me how your coach-centric operation works because uh, I've run teams before and I don't think it works, but if you tell me, with the two Martys, you're getting it done. Uh, tell me how, and I might might take that into account and right. think that works. I don't know. Tell me how you like this idea. This would be a radical idea, but I'll throw it out there. What Josh Harris should do immediately is nothing. He should sit back, watch the entire season, and do nothing, say nothing, and just observe. Then once the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve and the season ends, then he can dig in and start doing all that stuff. Would that not be a better approach to go, look, I came in way too late to affect anything. Let's just see what's going on here. Maybe I'll do some stuff around the headquarters to tidy things up. But the football side of it, I'm staying the fuck out until the new year begins. Well, I think that's sort of what I said, and I also think that's okay. what I heard. Well, you I said you want Josh him in Harris. there asking questions already. Asking questions, yes. And a- during the season, asking. you want him in there during the season asking Ron Rivera, why did you do this? Why are you doing that? Oh, no, I don't I don't think you do that. And, and from what I've heard, he's not a hands-on guy. He hires top-notch people to run his organization and and trust them to do their job. But, yes, he and he, he basically said it's going to take time. We're in too late to make major changes for the season. A lot of that work has been done already. Mm-hmm. And, yes, he's going to observe. That's exactly what he said he's going to do, and that's okay. exactly what he should do. All right. What now for Snyder, and what would you make of the uh, limited oh, the limited oh. release of the oh. findings of the Mary Jo White investigation? They could have dumped a whole lot more out there. They just gave you the part that was needed to justify the record fine of $60 million. Well, first of all, the way they rolled it out, at the same time, they were holding the news conference to announce, <laughs> whoop-de-doo, 31 to nothing, we got a new owner, yay, happy days, we're here again. The re- report was released. Right. So it kind of got shuffled under the under the door there, and it got out in time for when Roger Goodell took some questions uh, after his, you know, hey, Josh Harris is here and we're all so happy. Uh, he was asked about the report, and he said in his usual mealy mouth way, hey, well, you know, it speaks for itself. You know, she did her findings, and, you know, they're not in line with the uh, values of our, our organization. And blah, blah. I would have said what he should have said was, okay, we have now eradicated somebody who got into our system who we have to keep out in the future. We cannot have another Dan Snyder enter our league here because the damage he wrought on one of our franchises that was a jewel franchise yeah. before he owned it is a disgrace, and we and we have learned from this. And as we move on and approve other ownership, we will be on the lookout for this kind of thing again. That's what I should have said. I said on this podcast and on my radio show in Milwaukee, I said it should shock nobody who knows Snyder at all, that he would be withholding money from the league as part of his final exit kick in the balls, deserved, by the way, because Mm -hmm. he came into his small fortune that turned into a large fortune by doing shit like that to make his money. 
phone slamming and other very yep. shady practices. They brought a grifter into their house, right. and shocker, he kept doing what he's always done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and, and did you see the release that he and Tanya put out? No. Uh, after the, oh, yeah. It. Uh, I can maybe look it up here, but it, it says that uh, they were proud to be, quote, stewards of the franchise. Stewards. No, stewards. Yes, Stu- like Joseph Hazelwood was the steward of the Exxon yeah. Valdez, you dick. Right, and, and then he was. He said he was so proud that he had the most diverse front office oh, yeah. in, in the NFL. That diverse front office all put together in the last three years as he tried to save his ass right. and failed. Yeah. yeah. No, we, were, we remember the actual front office you operated under, and it yeah. was a den of drunks, clowns, and creeps. Yep, exactly. exactly. I mean, just you and I know from having oh, yeah. dealt with and been employed by and know the behind-the-scenes people, your sales managers, your thises, your thats, not even the public-facing people. We knew just how bad the everyday people in that building were. Right, right, and and participants in the frat house nature of, of how he ran things. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Exactly, yeah. but it's it's over now, and as training camp is about to open, when does camp open for the commanders? Well, uh, they've got the rookies in now, okay. and I think it officially opens Wednesday or okay. Thursday. Yeah. Now that the uh, camp is about to open, may I say, Andy, let's go have a season. <laughs> That's one of your signature lines. Sure is. It never gets old. No, it doesn't. That, it's it's like the it's like the blessing before you eat, right? Yeah. Let's go have a season because you never quite know what kind of a season might unfold for a football team. And as I said, even with the uh, rather mangy roster and a very unproven second year QB, you could scratch out a you know a nine and eight and sneak in. You could. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And that now that they allow so many teams in, nine and eight will probably get you in. And nine and eight is doable if if Sam Howell is pretty good. Uh, if Sam Howell is a disaster, Jacoby Brissett might be good enough to uh, to put together that kind of record. We'll see. Right. And there is value in trying to have a season, correct? Even oh, though some yeah. teams like to tank, of course, there's going to be some real interest in tanking for Caleb Williams out of USC as the season winds on. But for the most yeah. part, success and winning breeds more winning, and so you never want to sort of just say, fuck it, we're not even going to try this year. Well, they've got a very, very low season ticket base, so they've got to build that up uh, a little bit. Also, uh, what what's being indicated is, hey, they're not going to snap their fingers and build a new stadium. Uh, no. The reality looks like, you know, we're looking at like 2031, maybe 2032. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, these, these guys don't. 2031? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was in the prospectus that, that he put. Well, first, there's a lot of things that have to be done. They have to do it right. And it, it, they're not. These guys are not Dan Snyder, you know, kick the tires, you know, that kind of sales guys. They're they're. They know what they're doing, uh, and look, I don't know if you watched any of the news conference. This, one of the smartest things they've done to get this thing off and rolling is getting Magic Johnson in. 
Magic Johnson is the exact antithesis of Dan Snyder. Now, not everything he's done has been successful. He's had some massive failures, including the Magic Hour on TV. Sure. Uh, he was a terrible coach. Uh, he wasn't a great president of the Lakers. But he's got real charisma. And there's something about him when you attach him to your organization that really shines it up. And boy, does this organization need shining up. Plus, you got a stadium. This is another thing. And, and he recognizes this. It's not like, hey, you know, we're going to leave here. Like, do you, you remember the story? One of the stories that came out <laughs> was that uh, a couple of the wives of the players asked Tanya Snyder if they could put in a changing station for their babies in one of the restrooms close to where their seats were. And she said something like, oh, well, we're just going to have a new stadium soon anyway. And these guys, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this Why is spend a nickel now? Yeah. Because yeah. we're going to have something really nice later. Yeah, which and these guys are saying, no, no, we, we have to spruce this up now. We have to get this stadium cleaned up now. We can't have any, didn't say this, but the implication is we can't have a railing collapse as uh, people are trying to get Jalen Hurts' autograph as he goes off the field. <laughs> oh, we God. can't have an open sewer pipe dump on our fans who are sitting in the club section. We can't do that. Right. So, uh, so they're, yeah, they're going to they're gonna probably dump maybe a hundred million dollars. Who knows? Uh, the biggest of money that the to FedEx to, field. Oh yeah. Because they're going to be there for a while. Oh it's not, God. it's not going to happen overnight. It could be eight or nine years. You know? All right. Uh, last, last, last ad on this. Where is Dave McKenna? And should he not come out for a victory lap? The man who wrote the cranky fans guide to Dan Snyder and the DC city paper, which then spawned a lawsuit that went on way too long before it was finally dropped. Yeah. He should come uh, he should come out and he should do a victory lap. He should write another piece. Maybe he's doing that now. I don't where what is the status of City Paper right now? I, I don't know I, the status of the paper and yeah. I have not heard from Dave in forever. Part yeah. of my feeling thinks that he wants to just leave this in the past. It was not mm. not not good for him, you know. I mean, he did have to, you know, invoke some legal bills to fight this thing off from Snyder. But it seems like just to to tie things up, <laughs> to finally put the last load of wet cement on top of the Dan Snyder era mm-hmm. before sealing it off forever. We need Dave McKenna. Yeah, I would I would welcome his uh, stories. He yeah. he doesn't really like me, but uh, <sighs> I I do, I do like his work. What? Yes. Wait a minute, why doesn't he like you? He, he thinks that I'm a journalist. So at, at one point, I was doing a television show uh, and was paid by the team to do it. Uh, mm. And, and he, he felt like, <laughs> you know, he, he put on his Woodward and Bernstein hat. Like, how and, dare uh, you take that dirty team money? You're yeah. supposed to be a big J journalist. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I do that show. It's a different type of show. And when I do my radio show, I don't yeah. think I hold back. And at that point, you know, this was 2000 and 2001, so we really hadn't seen the worst of Danny yet. We saw some bad stuff, no question. Yeah. But uh, what we saw in the last seven or eight years is just disgusting. All right. Well, how do you, you feel about this week as the machinery of the mighty NFL Le- Leviathan spins up into action as the Titan awakens to once again stride across the landscape as the sporting colossus it is in America. Yeah, it's like they they, they walk past baseball and go, huh, 
Seven million for the All Star game. Okay, fellas, out of the way. We're, we're, we're here we might, now. We might do seven million for the Hall of Fame game uh, after we induct our latest heroes into Canton. I think they'll get seven million for the Hall of Fame ceremonies. They're, they're really? There. Oh yeah. Will the Hall I mean, of Fame game, the first preseason game, actually get a better number than the baseball Hall of uh, baseball All Star game? Oh yeah, I would think so for oh, sure. My God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hard knocks is a big subject uh, with the Jets because they're mm-hmm. not happy about it. And uh, their head coach, Robert Sala, wore a T-shirt that said, I heart HK, sort of to you know further tweak the whole thing about, yeah, we're not happy about it, but we're here doing it. I mean, where do you, where do you fall on the, fr- you know, on the hard knocks front? Here's where I fall on the hard knocks front. Um, I have watched the first four episodes, as I told you last week. I've seen the last four episodes of Quarterback. It is so much better than Hard Knocks. I don't really care about Hard Knocks that much anymore. Well, because that, it, it, the quarterback had actual game action that I, I they know, had the footage was, of. Hard Knocks is just training camp shit, right? And and there's and sometimes I'm bored with it. Sometimes you know there's a few nuggets in there each right. week. Something you know maybe that Jerry Jones said or something like that. But you know Rex Ryan was probably the most recent compelling figure and that goes back to i think 2010 2011 yeah. Yeah. so I, I to me it's it's kind of run its course i'll i'll watch it but i'm not i'm not really psyched up about it any opinion on the latest flurry of uh, running back hargle bargling about being underpaid undervalued yes. treated yes. as yes. disposable yes yes here here's here's what it is and this actually used to happen in our business uh, when I first got in the radio business, uh, the sports writers hated me and my brethren uh, because they thought, oh, so all they do is they just sit on their ass and they talk and they stick their microphone in while we're asking real questions of the athletes. And then they started to make money doing radio. And they hated TV guys even more because they made even more money. More money. Made, right. They made more <laughs> money and did even less work. Yes. Yeah, and so then they got to be TV guys, and they really made some money. So you don't hear them complaining about it anymore. So I would say to the running backs, if you recognize that your your position is so low-paying, then you'll have to find another position. And when you're in college, refuse to play running back. Be a wide um, receiver. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's, that's the answer, but that's the job. That's the job is to play running back. If you don't want it, there's a bunch of guys who are on the outside looking in, playing in the USFL or the XFL. They would like to have those jobs. And $10 million a year sounds really good to them. So, <laughs> I, 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 you know. You have it, no it, sympathy it, for the modern NFL running back who supply feels. Supply <laughs> and demand. Supply and demand. Well, also just the changing nature of the job, like you said. Teams yeah. don't run in volume anymore like they once did. And running backs also don't stay as healthy as they once did. I don't know why that is, but they don't. Well, uh, and the and the fullback position, full, you know, the fullback position used to be the marquee job. Jim Brown was a fullback. John Riggins was a fullback. They don't exist anymore. They've been they've been out of out of the league for years now. Yeah. So it, it it's you know those those are the jobs that are available if you'd like to apply for one. And you're good enough, they would like to have you. But it's set up now that they are disposable. And Mike Shanahan, I think, was the first to prove it, that you don't need one of these guys to be good. That he he dumped Clinton Portis and got himself a Hall of Fame corner in Champ Bailey, 
and then won two Super Bowls with, uh, you know, fifth round draft pick. Yeah. All right. Uh, third item today, and then we're done because uh, the uh, British Open is going on right now in a torrential rainstorm that is uh, going to be. Uh, uh, I will have recapped it on the front end of you, so I've already talked about the winner. I'm doing this out of sequence, but I want to go watch uh, the action as best I can through the rain. But the last item for you today is the Florida A&M football program has been suspended, all of it, at least temporarily, due to an unauthorized rap video with some very profane and violent lyrics that was filmed in the team's locker room without the head coach's knowledge or consent and using the university's logos, colors, and nicknames. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a, a name, image, and likeness uh, deal. <laughs> <laughs> although, although maybe it was. Maybe they thought, yeah. maybe the players thought, hey, well, we're getting paid for all this stuff. Now it's the Wild West. The Wild West mentality, I think, is probably a lot responsible for this. Why did the players think they could get away with this without asking the coach? Because fuck it, they're getting away with everything. Right, right. There, there are no rules, and now there were some Senate hearings about this, how they're going to regulate it. Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, I think the schools need somebody to be the referee because they have lost their whistle and their striped shirt. They can't be the referee anymore. So even though it's crazy to ask Congress to do anything for you, that's kind of their only hope, right? I know, but can you see Congress spending time on this, legislating it? No. Like, I can't. No, and, I... and enforcing it? Are you kidding me? No, not going to happen. But at some point, there's got to be rules. I guess so, or it becomes another professional sport, which is really what it's been for a long, long time. But even professional sports have rules. That's right, the and they thing. have contracts, and they pay right. salaries, and that's right. what you're going to have to do with these guys. Well, once you do that, you're going to have to have ownership stakes and that's private fine. equity that takes over hey. and buys teams. Forget the train buying. is rolling down the tracks. <clears throat> Can't stop it. You know what? When I win the next Powerball for a billion, which, mm-hmm. by the way, still doesn't get you an NFL team, which I think is hilarious. It's like the fifth largest uh, Powerball payout ever, and it would have bought you one-tenth of an NFL team. <laughs> Not even that. When I win the next billion-dollar Powerball, I'm not going to try to buy an NFL team. I'm going to try to buy the Alabama Crimson Tide. There you go. Because someday, Andy, they'll be for sale. And, oh, yeah? God, I'd fucking love to own them. All right. Yeah. Off to watch the British Open. Thank you for your time this morning. Enjoy Vermont this week, my friend. You deserve next the time week. off. Next week. Thank okay. you. Yeah. All right, buddy. We'll be see good. you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Someone else instead of me Always seems to know the way Then I look at you Okay, you action-loving sports maniacs. Look, we all like having something-something on the games. Hell, it's what keeps us from going to bed or watching Top Chef. But when you are putting your money out there on these rough gambling streets, the number one thing you need to know is simply this. A, when will I get my money without a hassle? And B, is this online sports book going to be a dirt patch in a cloud of dust next week? Well, with the official sweet action site of the ZabeCast, my bookie is that place. I've been doing business with them for over five years. They've got great odds, don't gouge on the VIG, have all kinds of props and futures, and best of all, in the rare case there's ever a customer service issue, 
Guess who your customer service rep is? That's right, me, El Baldo. So get in there, open an account, use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, so they know that I sent you. And bet with your head no over it, and you'll never look back. You'll never be tempted to try these other big clown books that are spending a trillion dollars on fancy ad campaigns. MyBookie.com, MyBookie.com. You got a bookie? Yes, you do. And you don't have to meet him in a seedy Italian restaurant to settle up. 